Danny Mac Show with BK. Podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. set going back to back with the boys honestly uh, and we were able to do that today so it was fun just sick sick going back to back with the boys and the cardinals have done that uh, six or seven times this year but three times in the last week they did it on friday and sunday that was arenado o'neill and then last night o'neill and lars newtbar the cardinals come back last night they avoid the sweep and they win it eight to four over the brewers it's the friday edition it's a happy friday there's tanner and there's bk danny mack show with bk great to uh, have you with us and uh, jim hayes is going to be our guest coming up of valley sports at uh, 10 15 but bk Do you know jim at all do you have a personal relationship in any way? I know that was a tough book for us. Uh, you know, we rarely talked over the last 20 years, even though he sat next to me on a plane for two decades. And Those are some weird plane rides, I would imagine, they if are, you guys didn't talk. They were odd. I'll ask him about some of those. Maybe we oh should. Boy. Should we? <laughs> I liked it when I used to get on the plane. I always, I'm always the last one on. Well, actually, we have Chris Conroy, who is uh, a member of the medical team. He would always be the last. No, Dan, you got to go. Okay. I would always be the second to last on. Just always did it. I was like, hey, I'm I'm a lowly media guy. Everybody else go. I don't care. And so um, I'd get on there and there'd be holiday. And uh, I'd say, hey, you got to give Jim a little crap here. And he's like, what? I, I said, get after him. He goes, no problem. So we get in the back and he... Hey, Hayes, Cat, get up here with us. Get up here. We need to talk to you right now. And and, and Jimmy go, oh, no. <laughs> That's what he'd say. <laughs> and so he was giving him trouble, but he was awesome to deal with. And uh, Jim's one of the favorites of the players because he's around every day and he's fair and does a great job. So we'll visit with uh, Jim Hayes coming up. I mentioned on the crossover BK, I thought it was an important win. And you and I talked about this yesterday. I wanted to see the Cardinals bounce back. And in the course of 162, guys just, you know, you have a tough loss. They put it away, game the next day, and you move on. But the way that that series had unfolded, it was back and forth. And game two, the way they lost it was really tough. And with games now at a premium, it's not April or May. I, I did kind of wonder, is his team buried? You know, let's see how they respond in the ball game tonight with John Lester. You know, no disrespect to Lester, but it's not Wayno, it's not Flaherty. Absolutely. And um, and they're down 4-1 with Woodruff on the mound, and I thought, 
and the place is dead. I mean, it's quiet, you know, not a lot of offense, just nothing going on. And boom, they have that five run fifth. So give them credit. That's a big win. It was huge. And I said yesterday, you know, you can look back to the last time that that had taken place. The Cardinals have only lost twice this year when they had the lead going into the ninth inning. The first one was against Chicago. They went into the ninth inning up six to one. We all know what happened after that. The next day, though, they came back to the ballpark. They won three to two in 10 innings. The difference, though, was Adam Wainwright was on the mound in that game, and he gave you a gem of a start in that one, and that was the way that they were able to bounce back on track. This was very different. They did not have Wayno on the mound. They did not have Flaherty on the mound. They had John Lester on the mound, who was okay, wasn't great, didn't give you a great start by any stretch, and you were going up against the ace of a team that had kind of owned you the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, and so that was a very different circum- set of circumstances, and it was the offense that was able to power you through a game and get you that win. I thought that was huge, not just that they won the game, Dan, but the way that they went about it. The guys that were able to carry them, Edmund, Goldie, Arenado, O'Neal, and then Newt Bar getting in on the action. That top five in your order that has had so much scrutiny so far this year, for them to be able to bounce back that way, I thought that was huge for the Cardinals yesterday. And in game two, you know, the focus is on the latter stages of the game and how it unfolded and then collapsed for St. Louis. Yep. But really the big story for me that didn't get a lot of attention and, and you know, same uh, shame on me, same coming from myself is that after the first two innings, you didn't hit. I mean, that really was the story is that you didn't pile on going up against the bullpen of the Brewers. Well, last night, you know what? You're down 4-1. And remember, you grabbed a one nothing lead. So they were able to get it Woodruff and kept it going. So the combination of Edmund, Goldie, Arenado, O'Neal, they go 8-for-18, walk four doubles, home run, five runs scored, six runs batted in. And at times, you just got to be a goldfish. Um, oh, my God. I loved it. BT's um, key to the game. Be a goldfish. Have you seen Ted Lasso? It's awesome. It's one of my favorite shows ever. I have not caught up with season two yet. We want to binge it whenever it's all completely done. I heard the last episode was hit or miss. No spoilers, please. Um, but it's fantastic show. Loved the key to the game. And they were. They were a goldfish last night. You could tell that they were <laughs> able to have a 10-second memory, and they put that one behind them. What is wrong with that guy? Everything. So he says. Everything and nothing at the same time. So he says to me. You know, a lot of times my partners will say, hey, you just take the key to the game. I'm I'm out of ideas. I don't know. Score more runs. It's a way no day. I don't care. You know, whatever. And uh, BT really, he put a lot of thought into this. He said, just, you know, I got a unique key to the game. I said, okay, great. And I'm thinking, you know, have a good uh, John Lester cutter, get it in on right. I, I don't care, whatever. And so um, it becomes I said, okay, it's time for the uh, Toyota key to the game. Brad Thompson, what do you got? Well, Dan, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this. Um, be a goldfish. And I don't know if you knew this, but goldfish are the smartest animals, you know, on, happiest. happiest and smartest in, on our planet, he said. And they can forget things in 10 seconds. So you got to forget last night. You got to be a goldfish. Memory. That's yeah. right. I said, okay. It's one of the great quotes from one of the great series of the last 10 years. Ted Lasso. So the great Jason Sudeikis. He said, um, he goes, maybe 20% of the audience gets that. And I go, I don't know. He goes, 5%. I said, maybe. And I said, but it's good. I said that that 5% is going to love it. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. When I heard it for the first time. I was like, 
Is he doing a Ted Lasso bit? Oh, yeah. He's doing a Ted Lasso bit. <laughs> Absolutely. It was great. So the wild card standings now entering the weekend. San Diego uh, leads a wild card. Reds are a game back. Cardinals pick up a half game, three and a half out. Phillies five back and the Mets six. Phillies and Mets really struggling right now. And Tyler O'Neill, what's it like to be in that playoff hunt? Late August uh, really gets rolling in September when it's crunch time. Uh, we know every game counts, though. So, um, you know, we're showing up to the park with the, with the attitude to win, obviously. We're the Cardinals. That's what we do. And, uh, you know, we're just going to continue to do that year on out. The other part of the game last night, the bullpen. So Lester gives you four and a third. I do think he, w- he wouldn't say this. I bet he was compromised after the comebacker off his leg. You could even see he was limping sometimes. I would watch him. It took him a minute to get up, and that's not like John Lester. It isn't. And I would watch him, BK, during commercial breaks. I'm always, that's the beauty of being at the ballpark. You can see little things. And I would watch him kind of almost limp a little bit coming out of the dugout. And then a couple of times walking around the mound, I noticed what I thought was a little bit of a limp. So that's his plant leg. That's hard, you know, but he, he gutted through it. He's um, he's a tough dude. Always has been. So the bullpen comes in in the fifth. Junior Fernandez throws two pitches and gets his first major league win as he got a ground ball and a double play. Then Luis Garcia, he has turned into a weapon. So he comes in inning strikeout, no hits, no walks. Cabrera has been magnificent here lately. Holy smokes, has he been good. So you have Garcia, Cabrera, then it gets to Gallegos. He had a scoreless inning, looked a lot sharper last night. And then TJ McFarland, who also with a good sinker, has been very good for the Cardinals. So Mike Schilt, your bullpen did the job. You know, let's don't kid ourselves about the acquisitions. I mean, McFarland and Luis Garcia have done a tremendous job of settling down the other parts of that bullpen. And Andrew Miller's, you know, done his part in his spots. And, you know, you throw strikes. You have guys that are more seasoned that can, you know, compete to uh, know what they're doing. And, you know, you have the different opportunities to use them in certain places. That's how it works. The other thing that I'm noticing is that I like Lars Newbar. Yep. I liked him before he's getting extended play. Uh, he can run. He's got a really big arm. He's held his own against lefties. And he's been good against right-handed pitching. So is this an option down the stretch for the Cardinals? I would think that that certainly is an option to start him if you need to give those guys. And he can play all three outfield spots a breather. Um, and maybe an option coming off your bench as well. And looking forward, Mike Schilt, what have you seen from Lars? Slows the game down, just plays the game on point defensively. One of the things Willie said, he's kind of plug and play, shows up, pays attention to his card, looks in. Aware of situations, you know, that's that's slowing the game down. And um, that's done, he's done a nice job with that. The way he seized the ball, he took some really nice, you know, he worked at a walk, he saw some pitches, he seized the ball well, which means he's slowing it down in his mind too. And that's a harder thing to for a guy to learn to do, but he's been able to do it in the big league level. So a lot of positives, a nice job. Talking with uh, folks that saw him in the minor leagues, one of his best assets, and this is one of the reasons that they drafted him, And maybe if you're watching the game tonight or going forward and he's in the lineup, watch his pitch recognition. So it's not to say that he's not going to strike out. He will strike out. Everybody does. However, if you've noticed in this uh, last couple of games, he lays off those borderline pitches like a slider or a curveball on the outer half that a lot of guys will chase. You'll see that happen a lot. We've talked about it ad nauseum with Bader and and uh, O'Neal with those sliders as you develop. You know, if you recognize it, you spit on it, and you live to see another pitch. 
Lars Newpart does that, and it's, it's been a really small sample size at this level, but this is kind of his M.O. Here's a guy that if you have pitch recognition at this level, you're going to have some success, and he's got a really level swing too, which is something that I like to see. So I, I just think this is a guy that, to keep an eye on. I, I do like small sample size. I do like what I see. So somebody on the text line from the 417, and the text line is 65780 if you'd like to get involved in the show. They ask, could the car, could Lars rather be a piece of the future or is he another Hazel Baker? So I'm going to answer this question directly here in just a second, but I'm going to start out with this. It doesn't much matter. Even if he is just a Jeremy Hazel Baker for you, that's all this team really needs for the here and now. So if at a minimum he can be that, if he can be a guy that gets hot at the right time, well, now you've established at worst a good lefty bat off of the bench at best a guy that can be a starting option down the stretch for you and he buys you time right now while dylan carlson is on the mend so that already is a win for the cardinals because they've been looking for this kind of a bat all season long it was supposed to be justin williams then they tried it with austin dean they've tried it with a million what lane thomas got his opportunity lars newbar if he can be the guy that is producing the way they thought those guys could Well, that's already a win for them this season. Now for the other question, can he be a piece of the future? I think that's what the rest of the season is about, Dan, because we know going forward, they have to have a lefty bat. in the. Well, let me ask you this, though. How are you going to do that if Carlson comes back? I think that for next year, I would like them to get a veteran lefty off of the bench. If Lars Newtbar is able to the rest of this season, even if it is coming off of the bench in a pinch hit role, if he's able to produce in that role, maybe instead of bringing in a guy that you'd have to give two or three million dollars to, maybe it's a minor league deal. Somebody kind of like what they got Jose Rondon on this year. So I think the question then, sure. what you have to ask yourself, and I, I'm with you, I'm tracking what you're saying. Um, if I'm the Cardinals and he's either 22 or 23 years old, mm-hmm. is he an option to come off your bench? And I think the answer would be yes. However, do I really want to stunt his development by having come off the bench at that young of an age? Now, if we were talking that he's 27, 28, I think that decision is pretty easy for me. So um, the question is, do I have him come off my bench and be a viable option, which I think he can be? And he's been good in a pinch hitting role, had a two run homer the other day. He had a base hit to left off a lefty that scored a run. Um, And the answer would be to that question. Could he be a viable option? Yes. However, I think there's a bigger upside for this guy. And so you say, we probably, though, are better off making him play multiple positions in the minor leagues. Let's say it's, you know, all three outfield spots. Keep developing him in that way so that if the need arises, which it it inevitably will happen where somebody gets hurt or whatever, he can fill in that role. Now, he can play all three outfield spots, but also part of the progression is he's a young guy and I want him to continue to grow as a hitter. So... That's something I think the fine line that you walk if you, the uh, the organization. And I guess it is kind of a question of what do what does the organization think of him long term? Do they view him as a legitimate piece, or do they think, eh, kind of like in Mundo Sosa, he's a nice fourth outfielder? I think he's better than that. And if he I may is, be wrong, but I think he is. And if he is, then yeah, next year you probably keep him down in AAA because you want him to get everyday opportunities. If he's not, if you think he's going to be a fourth outfielder moving forward, and that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, then I think next year is a perfect time to bring him up. It's cost controlled. It allows you to spend money elsewhere. The other thing to keep in mind about next season is you'll probably have a designated hitter, which makes you, you can move pieces around the chessboard a little more easily. Maybe you do have Tyler O'Neill to keep him healthy, 
he, maybe he gets more opportunities sure. as a designated hitter next year, and you're able to put Lars into left field on those days. So you could get a little bit more creative on things. Maybe you do a little bit more platooning. Maybe Bader has a few more days off next year against righties, and that allows you to put Dylan Carlson in center. There's some things you can do, but... He is at least giving himself an opportunity. He's taken that job and run with it, which is something we haven't been able to say about any of the other options that have got that opportunity in the outfield. I'm intrigued by the way next season. You just made me think of something. So I'm going off on a tangent here. Um, Nolan Gorman hit another home run last night, and he has been tearing the cover off the ball. So when he makes contact, he's hitting for power. And he's playing second base. Uh, He told me the other day, I talked to uh, Nolan. I said, what do you think of second base? He said, I actually love it. He said, I'm really enjoying it. And he obviously gives you an option at third base if something would happen with Arenado, gets hurt, whatever. And and I believe Nolan is coming back. So um, I'm intrigued. You know, like you go into spring training, do you say, you know what? We like Nolan Gorman at second base. Tommy is kind of the Swiss Army knife and bouncing all over the place. Had another double last night. He's got 30-plus doubles. He's He's been fine. Um, and then am I looking more at shortstop if I'm going to allocate big funds? Is that the direction I go? Yep. Might be. So we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, coming up, we've got uh, the cat from Bally Sports. Jim Hayes will be our guest. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. show on a Friday presented by Summers Wealth Management. Take the time to discover your goals, needs, and priorities at Summers Wealth Management. And uh, this was a tough get, as it always is. That's BK. I'm Danny Mack, 101 ESPN. Love visiting with the cat of uh, Bally Sports. Does an unbelievable job covering the St. Louis Cardinals. Has for over 20 years. And uh, Jimmy, as always, it's great to visit with you. And good morning. And thanks for hopping on. My pleasure, Danny. And don't say tough get. Anytime you ask me to do something, you know I'm going to do it because you're Danny Mac. Well, I appreciate that, and that means a lot to me. I was telling BK that uh, you and I have sat on a plane together for two decades when we do travel, and uh, those are interesting. You know, we don't really talk to each other. We don't really like to sit next to each other, but they put us next to each other. But I did like to every once in a while get Matt Holiday to get on your case, and all I'd hear from you is, Oh, no. (laughs) No, he's coming after me. How did he get after you? When he required you to go up to the player section and be like, what do you want? (laughs) And uh, but the truth is, Danny, uh, you talk a lot on those flights, uh, an awful lot and Mm -hmm. and make me and make me laugh nonstop. But let's not act like, you know, there's no conversation. If people only knew some of the things that were said, um, I think they would love to hear those stories. I don't think we should bring those out, though, Jimmy. No, 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 no. I can tell you this, though. You're very territorial, and when uh, someone from the coaching staff tries to come in the media area, you let them know they can't. That's right. They have to get permission. That's true. I've told them many times, including Mike Schilt, what are you doing back here? This is the media area of the plane, and you need to go up to the front. (laughs) They look at me with a blank stare. Uh, <laughs> um, what do you think about the game last night? And um, I had said this, and, and you have a great pulse of what's going on in, in the clubhouse, even with restrictions. Um, and my point of this is normally 
when you lose a couple of tough games, winnable games, both were really winnable, especially game two. Um, you know, baseball players, it's 162 games. They, they're able to just say, you know what, I'm, I'm good. Tomorrow's a new day and we move on. I was interested, though, how the Cardinals bounce back after game two. That was a rough one with games on the line, chance to move up in the standings with uh, the wild card. So uh, what's your pulse of how that transpired last night coming from behind and, and the importance of that win? I think it's I think it's something that this team has had for a long time, and, and it's almost cliche, you know, even keel. And you're right, players have to compartmentalize things. You know, they can't they can't let a, a bad loss linger because there's always another game tomorrow until there isn't. So, I you know they were bad losses, awful. But a couple of things. First of all, I I don't think it really took a toll on them, but they understand the urgency of this. But um, they they went one and two uh, against Milwaukee and picked up a half game wild card. You know, like that's how odd this whole race has been. You know, the Phillies are chasing the cards. The Phillies have lost a bunch in a row. The Padres are falling apart. That's the team that the the Cardinals are, are chasing right now. So all in all, you know, they lost two or three, but but gained a little in the wild card. And here's the thing too. They're getting healthier, and I think that that has a positive impact on the way that the team is feeling. Um, they got they got Jack back, and they'll get Miles back tonight. Uh, hopefully, he'll be okay. We won't know until we see him pitch. They'll get Dylan Carlson back for the Detroit series, so they're getting healthier. And if you look around baseball, I mean, there's a lot of teams that are dealing with injuries right now. The Cardinals hopefully are are past that for the most part, and and that's a good omen as they try to push forward. Jim, you mentioned the health aspect in Miles Michaelis. I think it's kind of difficult to say exactly what we're expecting from him, but what's your impression of how the Cardinals feel about him making his return? I think there's guarded optimism. I, you know, they pushed him back a day um, just to give him an extra rest. And, you know, it, he wanted to come back earlier and they were like, nah, maybe, maybe one more rehab because they didn't want to have a stop after a start like they had with him before. Um, and there's no telling how it's going to go. He, he, I talked to him uh, yesterday. He feels great. He thinks it's going to go well. We won't know until we see, but let's not forget the fact that we hadn't heard much about KK and all of a sudden he's on a rehab assignment yesterday. And my guess is they would like to get him ramped up as protection in case miles um, return doesn't go as planned. In terms of uh, what they've got lined up this weekend, rest of the homestand, you've got Pittsburgh, Detroit, then Pittsburgh again, and then it gets really interesting. And the Cardinals have not, I mean, the numbers are what they are. The numbers say the Cardinals have not played well against teams that are 500 or above. So September, though, as I always am reminded, as I have to remind myself, is such an odd month because... Some teams get that extra kick because they're in a race. Other teams are just like, man, I can't wait for this thing to get done with and over and move on to spring training of next year. What, what's your sense of what could happen here in the, the final few weeks of this season? Look, I, I've said all along, you know, when people are like screaming at me on, on Twitter um, to hold people accountable, I, I tweeted this. I better hold myself accountable because the truth is I thought they'd be better than this. I still think they have a chance to be better than they played to this point, although they've managed to get above 500 and get back in the wild card race. But I do think that this team has a push in them and the schedule will help. I mean, 
I used to say that the pirates were sort of like uh, the convenience store, the central. You know, you, you they they either pop into your place or you pop into theirs. You, you get yourself a soda, burrito, a couple of wins, and you go on your way. And they're that again. You know, they're in a rebuilding process. They're they're not a really good team. And so it's on a platter for the Cardinals right now. You know, you're going to play the Pirates an awful lot. You got to win those games, and then you got to be better against the teams that are the haves, not the have-nots. But I, like I said, I I like the way the rotation, which is so important, is shaping up now. I think they're they're past the injuries. We'll see what Miles has tonight. Um, I think Hap has been really good. Wayno just continues to do it. It's really remarkable and. I think we're starting to see a little bit more life from the offense. We didn't see it much in the first two games against um, Milwaukee. But when you see Arenado hitting and, and Goldschmidt hitting, to me, that's a big part of the equation. All you really need is another couple of guys to hit Tyler O'Neill, you know, had the big homer last night. Then they'll have enough offense to carry them through. I do think they're going to make a push, and I do think it's going to be interesting. And one guy we talked a little bit about in our opening segment, Jim, is Lars Newtbar, who had the big uh, homer yesterday. He's played really well of late. He's been that left-handed bat in the outfield that this team has been looking for. What's been your impression of him? You're around the team a lot while they're out on the field pregame. What's been your impression of Lars Newtbar, both as a player and just as a person as well? Uh, first of all, he's he's got that kind of excitement that, you know, you see in some players, but not all of them. Some are, you know, more reserved. Uh, I, he's like a kid, you know, getting his chance, and you see him smiling. He kind of looks like he's an extra in Field of Dreams just by the way he <laughs> looks. But, I, you know, I, I talked to some people um, that had him in the minor leagues, and they were like, this kid's an athlete. Like, he's a plus defender. In high school, he was one of those run-and-throw quarterbacks known as an athlete, and they're like, this, this guy is not – just, you know, a, a major leaguer. He's a really good athlete. We've seen that. Um, I, I like his swing. I, I think he drives the ball really well. And I don't think he's overwhelmed at all by being on the big stage. He seems to be getting better and better. Now, you know, once everyone has a book on him, we'll, we'll see. Um, but I really like what I've seen so far. And his personality is great because, and, and Danny said this on the air, and he almost called me a liar. And, I you know, I now I that. have my chance. To, no, 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 no. Lars Newbar told me in his playing career, you know, we, you know, all along the minors college, he had never heard newt being used the way it is now. I he can't, said, I don't believe that he, I don't, well, then you're calling him a liar. He said there were other little things along the way. Like, like at one point when he was hitting a bunch of homers, they were going, Lars sends it to Mars. Like that was like a thing that some of the fans were yelling. He never heard the new the way it is now, and he loves it. I love it. I think it's great. I can't it, when it he hits awesome. a when he hits a ball out. I I like last night. I'm in the middle. I don't ever script a call, but uh, like the other day when he he pops the pinch hit home run, first home run, and it just came out nude. I like I I think it's fun. So he's got to know he's not getting booed. I guess that's the only part that we need yeah. to worry about. That's what he. That's what he said when he first heard it. He he thought it was Newt, but he had to listen to make sure there weren't some boos. And he said he's really glad it stuck because he loves it. And I'm in the process of uh, you know for just the standard handling fee, getting him a candy bar deal. Absolutely, uh, got to have nuts in that thing. No question about it. And I agree with you. Um, Jim Hayes is our guest of Valley Sports. Uh, reports have come out that Molina will be extended. What are your thoughts on Yachty coming back for another year and, and potentially finishing? And who knows when he's going to finish, but potentially finishing uh, his career in St. Louis? 
I think it's a, a smart move. And I think when the manager publicly says, um, I'm for it and I hope it gets done soon, it's kind of a tell that that is in the pipeline, right? No question. Um, yeah, and, and everything that Chilt said about it yesterday is true. I mean, not only is he a legacy guy, but he's still a really, really good player. And so I hope they do it. And I'm just flashing forward to next year when he's hitting 270, 280, and still playing great defense. <laughs> but the same talk happens again because the truth is Yachty is ageless. I mean, he's remarkable. The only thing I would say this, which is a change now, is we're seeing Kisner get more starts. Um, Yachty's not banged up like with anything specific, but we're seeing him take a few more days, which I think is a good thing. I agree. And, uh, Going forward, I think, I think they have to do that. Yeah, and uh, I think and I think bringing him back just based on what he's done this year, not just his legacy standing, is a smart move because he's still Yachty. And I think as as uh, Mike Schill put it, he's rolling as well as ever. Do you think that's probably going to be the plan next year, Jim? Is I think so far in the month of August, we've basically seen one game in every series of Andrew Kisner. Do you think that's kind of what the plan should be going into next year? I think the plan will be whatever Yadi wants it to be. We've seen it before, right? Where, where like the narrative was, you got to rest Yadi, you got to rest Yadi, and then Yadi's playing and he's playing well, so Yadi plays. I think there are times where he's not feeling as well as he is at other times, but I just get the sense. If Yachty's feeling good, he wants to play, and if he is playing well, he's going to play. So I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think it makes sense to handicap that now because we don't know. But I know, I, I know Yachty. If he's a hundred percent, it feels great. He'll, he'll be in there more than he's not. It's interesting too how, in a way, it almost becomes a crossroads for Kisner because you know it's another year now. He gets major league time. You know he wants to be an everyday player, but yet, uh, you know. I would think he's got to go play winter ball gym to get some at bats just to, to start, you know, try to stay on top of his game one way or another. And does he come back as a backup or do the Cardinals, you know, feel like, well, maybe that's a chip and we've got this kid Herrera coming. It's kind of an interesting situation that it puts uh, Andrew Kisner in. And in a way it's, it's not really fair to Kisner. I'm going to say not fair. He's an opportunity to play at the big league level, but let's be honest. When, when Kisner's in there, he's not getting a ton of at-bats, so he's getting more starts. He's not going to get pinch-hitting opportunities. So his offense has suffered, right, because when you're backing up Yachty, the main thing is you need to come in and handle the pitchers and play defense, and he's checked all those boxes. Had a hit last night, but, I mean, it's been a, a struggle for him offensively. I think he's probably a much better hitter than we've seen to this point. So in, in terms of his value or opportunities, being a good team guy and doing all the things he's supposed to may be a hindrance. I'm not sure. All right, Jimmy, what do you have coming up on the pregame tonight? What do you got? Well, we, uh, we banked an interview with uh, oh. miles. Michael. So you mailed so, it in, huh? Yeah. No, no. Well, you don't want to hear from, from miles. You I don't do. want to hear from tonight's starter. I don't do. You think it's, don't you think it's, it's more efficient. Don't you think that's a more efficient use of miles? Michael sound to run it before he starts. Oh, I think I, that's uh I think that's that's regional cable journalist at, at, at its finest right there. Well, there's uh, no question. I, we're working on a, a couple other things, but I can tell you this. Our, uh, our pregame one-on-one interview is going to be big. So is it Miles or is it somebody else? No, no. Miles isn't the pregame interview. Oh. Miles is just in the news hit. We're going to hear from Miles Michaelis. I'm okay. just, I know that for certain because that's in the bank. You call it mailing in. I call it prep. Outstanding work, Jimmy. You're always ahead of the game, and I, 
I need to be corrected. You're exactly right. And also, I want an apology for saying that uh, that that Noop or heard Noop before because you did say that on the air. I'd I'm like gonna an apologize. Apology. All right, I apologize. I'm sorry. I, I don't feel like you, that you was sincere what? at all. It was. Why don't you, Danny? Why don't you ask him yourself? I, I will. Because I'm okay. going to say, come on, you're telling me you never heard Newt? Come on. I don't believe it, Jimmy. But I, well, you know and, what? And what, not... if he tells you, and what if he tells you he hasn't? Are you going to call him a liar right there on the field before a game? Dan well, you... would, yes. <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah. Would. I go, come on, man. <laughs> no, he would not. I'm not going to say <laughs> liar, but I'm going to say, come <laughs> on, man. No, you know what he would say? He would say, okay, sorry I asked. Thank you, Newtsy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Newtsy. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for having me on. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. You called me best. out of my own show. It hurts. Yes, I did. Thanks a lot, Jim. <laughs> last you. last appearance here on this program, I can tell you that. The great Jim Hayes. Love visiting with Jim. He's awesome. Great dude. One of my best friends in life. Um, this is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Okay, final segment for me this week. BK, you have uh, three more hours coming Indeed. up with Alex. Uh, love hearing. Alex has been on the air, I think, since 10 a.m. yesterday, basically. Yeah, he's been doing a lot. I'd be getting in my car to go here or there, and hey, there's Alex, and <laughs> yeah, there he is look, again. Still on the radio. I was like, wait a minute, is this a tape show? <laughs> and I was like, wow. And then I realized BT was with me, so mm-hmm. he had to cut it short, and then Jamie had something going on, I think. So. Jamie's in, oh, no, and Anthony. Stalter was yeah. out yesterday. Yeah. He'll be back early next week. Um, okay, so away we go with some of the news and notes around Major League Baseball. We saw this happen in the series with the Cardinals, but Freddie Peralta is on the IL. He's got a sore shoulder. He said after the game he didn't think it was a big deal. He didn't expect to miss a start, but when you have that kind of lead in the central, pretty easy. You don't push him, yep. and you just give him, you know, it's like putting innings in the bank almost and saying, okay, we're not even chancing this. You're on the I.L., Make sure you're 100%, come back, and we'll get you in September. There's no reason to. They've got such a lead in the division right now that they can afford to skip a start or two for him. It's smart. It it makes a lot of sense. Um, Like you said, this is them being cautious with him. And his innings were going to start getting up there anyways. This is a guy that had been a reliever previously, and they've been going early in the season with a six-man rotation to limit the innings. It makes a lot of sense to go ahead and put him on ice for now. So the Dodgers right now are two and a half uh, back of San Francisco in the West. San Francisco, 78 and 43. The Dodgers, 76 and 46, two and a half back. Their uh, lead in the wild card is nine and a half. So they're going to go to the playoffs. And Mookie Betts saying no pain at all in his injured hip. That's big news for them. This is really an interesting story. Uh, I wanted to get more into it. Maybe we'll do it next week. Are you a card collector at all? I was when I was younger. Where are those cards now? I'm assuming they're somewhere in my mother's basement. Sure. I don't know that to be true for certain, but my grandpa was a big, my late grandpa was a big card collector. He's. Do you have some of his? So he, over the last few years, uh, towards the latter end of his life, had been, um, he had somebody come in and help him sort through them, find out what was worth what. He ended up making a decent amount of money on some of them. So he had gone through and and sold quite a few of them, sets, all of those sorts of things. But I know this deal that took place yesterday was huge if you're a card collector in any way. So they're going to part. MLB is going to part ways with Tops. They strike a deal with Fanatics to be the exclusive licensor of uh, and to produce the baseball cards. And for card collectors, this was like 
earth-shattering news, man. This was big. So be interesting to see how it plays out and the value and all that kind of stuff with what you have and then what is going forward. I'm, I'm, I am intrigued about it. I think from what I saw yesterday, I, I'm, I'm guessing this is going to hurt the market in yep. the immediate I wonder, though, Dan, 10 years from now, when the tops cards then become collectibles because I mean. they don't exist any longer. They are not going to be made the way that they were previously. That's when I think this gets really interesting is what this means 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now. I'm a card collector. I've been I, I still have full sets in plastic for probably the last 20 years. Wow. And then had a bunch of I was when I was a little kid, I used to go to card stores and buy before it really became popular. Yeah. Oh, there's a Bob Gibson. There's a Kenny Boyer. There's I have all those. I mean, I love it. That's awesome. I do. I love it. Uh, Tampa Bay. They're 75 and 47. Their lead over the Yankees is five games and they rolled last night. High fly ball back into right. Santander will run out of room. Number 29. Orioles now 15 straight losses. Their record is 38 and 82. 38 and 82 this year for Baltimore. Tampa Bay leads the Yankees by five. Boston now six and a half out. Yankees, speaking of them, they have, well, they're playing the best baseball maybe of anybody the last two weeks, and they've won seven straight. Stanton drives that to right field. Does it have the height? It does. God, there's some insurance. Home run number 20 for John Carlos Stanton. And it gives the Yankees a 7-4 lead. And they the would... lineup they put out yesterday? Oh, yeah. Man. I was just about to bring that up. They went at 7-5, but, man, they're finally healthy. It's a hell of a lineup, man. They're going to be dangerous. Luke Voigt said they're calling it the goal line package. Um, <laughs> it's Luke Voigt batting leadoff at DH. Anthony Rizzo second at first. You've got uh, Aaron Judge. He played in center to start that game. Joey Gallo batting cleanup for them. Then Giancarlo Stanton playing in right field batting fifth. One through five. If you're an opposing pitcher Ooh. and you go into that game like what the hell am I supposed to do with this I've got linebackers and defensive ends at the plate right now and it never stops that's imposing to say the least well it truly is the Bronx Bombers yeah I mean it really is uh, and they've got lefties now finally yes, yes they do uh, and remember they had a combined I think 22 or something like that 28 home runs from lefties all season long and then they add Rizzo and Gallo and that is a massive difference with their lineup and also Rizzo's a guy that gets on base a lot so they needed that help too so in the National League let's take a look at what's going on uh, Joey Votto has been on a tear since early July he's closing in on like 20 home runs since July ton of RBI um, I got to think that this guy maybe is putting himself in the conversation if the Reds make it to postseason play to be the MVP. Could be. It's really up for grabs in the National League. Career 327. Tonight, a blast to right center field. Send them all home. The 27 homer for Joey Votto. A go-ahead three-run shot. So they win it. By the final of six to one in the wild card, there are uh, they're a game back of San Diego. Cardinals are three and a half back, and in the National League East, a couple of teams are faltering, and that includes the Phillies. Fair ball down the line. 
Walker jogs home. Ellis on the move. He's coming around third. He will score. Diamondbacks pad that lead. A two-run double for Nick Ahmed. Make it 3 nothing. So they would win it 6-2. to two. The Phillies swept by Arizona. So in the wild card, they're now a game and a half back of St. Louis and five back of that second spot. And what about the Mets? Eighth pitch to Trey Turner. Hit in the ground through the right side. He's done it again with two strikes. This time to drive home Billy McKinney and make it 4-1 Dodgers. So the Mets are a game back of the Phillies, and it's not going to be very easy for New York because they're without DeGrom. If Syndergaard comes back, he's in their bullpen, and then you're talking about this West Coast swing that started with Los Angeles. They're going to have to play the Giants as well, and right now the Mets are five out in the East. I'm not sure they're making the playoffs. It does sound like Baez and Lindor are very close to returning, so that could help them out in terms of the injury bug that's hurt them uh, really all season long. But, yeah, they're in a bad place right now. The, The wild card, Dan, we came into this season, and not just us, but I think nationally, the belief of the NL Central was very low. Most people were saying it's going to be clearly the worst division in the National League. Well, fast forward, going into the month of September, You very well could have two National League Central teams right in the mix for that last wildcard spot, potentially over the Padres. If you look at that Padres schedule down the stretch, I I think the Padres are a better team than the Reds and the Cardinals are. But their pitching is falling apart right now because of the lack of health, health rather. And you look at the schedule, they are playing some really tough opponents. They've got the Giants and the Dodgers seemingly every night down the stretch. It's going to be... Fascinating to see what it's like between the Reds, the Cards, and the Padres down the stretch for this wild card. So the Blues have put out the uh, promotional schedule. They have the date of the Chris Pronger retirement, uh, the sweater retirement, number 44. I'm sure you're going to get into that and some other stuff with Alex. Absolutely. We'll get into that. We will talk a little bit of Blues coming up at 1130. There was big news in hockey as a whole yesterday as well. The Arizona Coyotes looks like they're going to be moving. Um, they're, they're not going to be in Glendale any longer. They have chosen not to renew the operating agreement after this upcoming season. So I want to ask Alex, if Arizona ends up moving, what's the best case scenario for the Blues? If you wanted to add another rival into the mix, where would he like to see them located? We'll get into that coming up at 1130. I've got a question on Tyler O'Neill coming up at noon. Would you be interested in giving O'Neill the contracts that the Blue Jays gave Randall Gritchick? Would you sign up for that after this season? We'll talk about that coming up at noon. It might sound crazy at first. I think you might uh, understand it a little bit more as we talk about it. And we'll op- open things up the way that we did today, Dan. They salvaged the series with a big win last night. And that wild card standings getting to be pretty interesting for the Cardinals. All right, fellas, have a great weekend. That's BK Tanner. I'm Danny Mack. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk to everybody on Monday. You know, it's always set going back-to-back with the boys. You've been listening to The Danny Mack Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise.